This is The Naturalist. In every podcast episode, we're going to highlight the products, ideas, trends that are shaping the CPG industry. Or that we just really like. Well, everybody, I mean, if it makes it into an Oscars joke, you know it's big. It's Ozempic is the sort of the lead of these blood sugar pharma that's getting people to lose weight. Diet and exercise are hard. And I think we've structured a world around sort of the abundance of food. Sort of the, there's a lot of processed food out there that's designed to keep you eating. Damn, the sugar. That was really good. So what are we going to talk about today, Jessica? You tell me, Adrian. Well, today's episode is very exciting. It's about the one thing doctors say you should eat every day if you want to lose weight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, those cookies. Did you see those oh, cookies that I Oh, I did see I those sense? cookies. Rick, you saw them. What do you think about that? The TikTok Absolutely. weight loss cookies. Because really, for all these centuries of people trying to lose weight, we've been ignoring this cookie angle. <laughs> So it's finally nice to see the innovation coming. You know, honestly, I saw that they were five ingredients. I could only get through the first two because, you know, in online recipes, you have to keep scrolling. Yeah. So, well, I guess you gave away who our surprise guest is today. Oh, yeah. Oh, is the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Rick Polito. Well, good morning to all both of you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, Rick. And we are talking about the weight loss, weight management category today. So tell us, Rick. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Rick, who are you? Introduce I'm, yourself. I'm Rick Polito. I'm editor-in-chief of the Nutrition Business Journal, NBJ, as we all call it. We um, focus on the dietary supplement industry, charting the market size, sales, growth, trends, deals, and... We're coming up on 30 years, I think, 26, 27 at this point, and, you know, thought of as the Bible of the nutrition industry. If you see a quote in the Wall Street Journal about how big the industry is, it came from us. Such and such important work here at New Hope to really understand that industry, what's happening, where it's going. You do a lot of forecasting and prediction work. And what I want to talk about, well, what we want to talk about today is a lot of that. What is happening with this really complicated? Sorry, it was my, it was my friend. It was my friend Spam Risk. <laughs> the only calls I ever. He, he won't leave me alone, that guy. <laughs> so we want to talk about the future of this category that's changing so much. There's a ton going on both in dietary supplements and in the pharma space. And Rick, you just did a really interesting industry health monitor piece on some of this. So can you share a little bit about that? Maybe that's where we start today. Well, everybody, I mean, if it makes it into an Oscars joke, you know, it's big is Ozempic is the sort of the lead of these blood sugar pharma that's getting people to lose weight. And it's kind of everywhere. And New Yorker had a story about what they call the Ozempic age. And we're, what's coming at us is this time when pharma has sort of figured out weight management in a, at least a little bit safe way with a diabetes drug. And that's, it's changing a lot. There's, there's talk of, a, I think it's a 4,000% increase or something in pharma over the course of the decade in weight management. We have a story coming up in our next issue, which we'll publish at the end of the month about what this means for supplements. And I believe we're, you know, pharma for weight management is going to go from 2.5 billion to 54 billion, oh, wow. I believe in seven, eight years. So this is coming at, you know, society, but it's, you know, going to be a huge effect for dietary supplements in this weight management category, which is, you know, it, 
beyond meal replacements and bars and things like that is a is a category that's really struggled. We have by our by our estimate weight management pills category is smaller now than it was in 2004. We have over the last you know 10 years there was this Garcinia Cambogia spike that lasted all of one year before people figured out it didn't work. And other than that, in 2021, when people got off the couch and freaked out about how much weight they'd lost or weight they'd gained, it's all declines every year. So I don't think that Ozempic's going to do anything good for the weight management pills. Um, before we get further into that, as a complete novice to this category, you know, what are some of the main supplement ingredients that are some of the main ingredients that have been used in supplements or that have those that weight management? Well, I, I mentioned um, Garcinia Cambogia, which was a Dr. Oz effect, you know, spike from 2013. But a lot of the things, it's, it goes around appetite suppressants with different, you know, orange bark or whatever they're coming up with for that. Or there's what we talk, talk about with thermogenics, which is what ephedra was. And ephedra was the big hit of turn of the century. But it's all about appetite suppressants or thermogenics sort of speeding you up. And FenQ is out there right now, and I don't exactly remember what the ingredient is in that, but that's a thermogenic one. A lot of the other ones are supposedly appetite suppressant within the pills. And then in um, meal replacement, it's just low calorie, lots of fiber, lots of protein. And that's a growing category. And it's... It's funny because that's a big mass market retail success. Wait, wait, wait. So part of the category or one of the categories is declining. One of the categories is growing. Can you talk about that for a second? Well, like I said, the pills are declining. Yeah. And it's like consumers figure out that they don't work. Cambogia lasted, Garcinia Cambogia lasted one year. Whereas meal replacements, I mean, that can work. If that's going to keep you from, you know, eating a bigger meal and you can get by with your 200, 300 calories and get some protein, maybe some fiber in there and um, feel like you've got something in your stomach, that'll work. The thing that's coming up right now, I don't have figures about it, this sort of really kind of a niche category is supporting intermittent fasting. So right. these could be bars and these could be shakes. You see them advertised a lot in social media, but that's supposed to help you, you know, help you not eat which is similar to a meal replacement. But, but know, that's but, by limiting the number of calories, really. Yeah, well, right? limiting the amount of time you eat. And it's kind of funny to say, you know, eat something during fasting, but it stretches out the amount of time you can't, you don't eat. So that's a real structured approach to dieting. But the, the quick fix, people have, you know, kind of given up on it. In, given up in, on the pills. In supplements. Yes. But yes. now you know, there's this, this other thing happening. And these diabetes drugs that are being approved for weight loss now kind of are... Ozempic's being, as I understand it, Ozempic's being uh, prescribed off-label, and that's working. There's like 25% weight loss. So can you talk a little bit about the industry health monitor piece that you recently wrote, which looked at more of the consumer sentiments and awareness around this drug, as well as use of dietary supplements for this purpose? What were the, talk about the industry health monitor, what that is, and then what were the findings from that latest piece? Because I thought it was really interesting and surprising what you unveiled in that piece recently. Well, this this ran last week? Last week. So the Industry Health Monitor... Sorry, and last week, May 4th. May 4th. Okay. <laughs> Star Wars Day. Um, <laughs> so Industry Health Monitor, every two weeks, we kind of look at something that's going on in the natural products industry. And then we deploy a very short survey with consumers to see you know, what the reaction is around this, whatever this issue or development that's coming at us. Like I said, Ozempic's everywhere. And I'd read this long New Yorker story that kind of you know, open my eyes to, oh my God, there's a lot of change coming at society, really. And 
so we, we surveyed like who's ready for it. And we asked some questions about what you think works and diet and exercise surprisingly is, you know, held in some esteem by consumers. But then we asked, you know, would you take Ozempic on, and we asked short term or long term and in the short term, what we were surprised by is people who identify as natural channel shoppers, either shopping at Whole Foods, independent natural grocers, they were a lot higher to or more likely to consider using a pharmaceutical weight management. And we, in the survey, we used Ozempic specifically, but um, in the things, it was 44% of natural sh channel shoppers said they'd consider using it. And for total shoppers, which includes all those people who are, you know, shopping at Safeway or Costco. It was only twenty nine percent. So that's we don't shocking. really know what. Yeah, we don't really know what. I don't going get on. this. I can't wrap my head around it. I read it like four times last night, trying to, <laughs> to make more sense of it. Because these are consumers who have turned to natural, holistic solutions, or at least identify in that way, are saying, "Yes, we would. We would try this." Why? Why is that? Well, it's funny because. We think about you know, dietary supplements in particular, but also natural products as sort of a reaction against the modern world and a reaction against pharma. And pharma is held up as this sort of not an evil entity, but something that maybe doesn't have your wellness first in mind. And here we are seeing the shoppers going for the opposite of that. What we don't know is whether this is just an awareness thing. It's possible that natural shoppers have heard more about this, who are reading the paper, who, like me, might have the New Yorker stacking up on their coffee table and only reading that one about Ozempic. So, we, I mean, that's it might be an education level, just an awareness level that they see this thing going on. It might be also that people care about their weight more. And that's part of, I mean, there's a certain number of natural people eating natural because they think it's going to help them lose weight. So that may be a priority, a greater priority for them. And so they're open to trying all different solutions. Do you think that there's more willingness to kind of like find this middle ground between natural and pharma and, and openness to kind of be a hybrid consumer in that way? Well, I think around, you know, weight management is a very complicated topic. I mean, there's sort of, there's debate about how healthy it is to be thin. There's all this thing, but vanity is a powerful, cuts through a lot of what people might think of as their values. It's like, God, if I can be thin, all I have to do is take this injection once a week and all of a sudden I look like all those movie stars who are doing exactly the same thing. That's going to cut through a lot of that moral high ground about eating natural and living wellness. Well, I mean, let's also point out though that as part of the industry health monitor, we did two consumer surveys. So the first one was about that willingness to take Ozempic, where that natural consumer number really stood out. But then we narrowed it down and asked natural shoppers only, you know, which were the most effective weight loss strategies. And they still came out saying that aerobic exercise was the number one most effective, lowering calories, weight training, minimizing processed food. So a lot of the things that are really more in line with those natural consumer values. And then down at the bottom, we had weight loss supplements and weight loss pharmaceuticals kind of at the very bottom of that list, right above diet pills. So that was only 5% and then followed by... 14% for both pharma and supplements, right? If you say so. <laughs> It was down there. They were they were roughly even, but I think, as I said before, this sort of this high ground and sort of judgmental thing can kind of disappear when you get it easy. I, you know, diet and exercise are hard, and I think we've structured a world around the sort of the abundance of food, but sort of the there's a lot of processed food out there that's designed to keep you eating, and that's and we're looking at that and thinking, well, not eating's hard, but this looks like it makes it easy. 
So you kicked things off, Rick, by talking a little bit about what this means for the future of the dietary supplement industry, a big part of which has been in this weight management space. Quick question on that. Just a foundational question. When is it called weight loss? When is it called weight management? Well, it's probably one of those, depends on who you talk to. We used to call it weight loss until five, six years ago. And we thought towards weight management, which is sort of a real size in the expectation. Loss is harder than maybe managing and managing is, you know, easier to define one way or the other. So I don't think that's more of a semantics thing than it is anything else. So what does, then what do all these advancements in the pharma space and weight loss mean for the dietary supplement weight management category? I think it's going to hurt, but there's, I mean, there's a couple of sort of complicated things going on about it. Number one, Ozempic's not easy for most people to get if they're going to get it legitimately. You can go online and lie about your weight and get it if you're looking for those last 10 pounds. Otherwise, then there's no small population of people that are in this category. That are doing that. Yeah, you're being, you know, well, I'm saying about people whose you know, body mass index is over 30. Now, personally, I'd have to gain like 36 pounds to talk a doctor into it if I weren't cheating around the system. And you also ride your bike like 100 miles a day, so... You'd have to gain 36 pounds to talk them into letting you lose 36 yeah, pounds. I'd have to do that. Or I'd have to go, I mean, e-health, you know, e-pharmacies and such that you can, you know, consult with a doctor in a chat room. It's not that hard to get around. Right. So I think that's come in. There's also, we've talked about Ozempic and I think the other one's called Wegovi. And then there's a third one that's being approved. But there's, God knows what's in the pipeline for, for this decade. So right now, I mean, Ozempic particular, some places $1,300 a month. There's not that many people coughing up that much. Right. But I believe Morgan Stanley's talking about $350 a month by the end of the decade. And God knows there's probably something cheaper or some way, some workaround for it. There's also the possibility that insurance starts covering this. CDC says obesity costs us $170 billion a year. They might start, you know, people of a certain size, they might start suggesting it for all we know. So anyway, this the, the impact on dietary supplements, if this happens... I think the weight management pills get hurt really bad, except for maybe they, for people who can't get Ozempic and the others, or who only have ten pounds to lose. So there's the companies that might start framing their framing their offerings around that. Both these, these these big ones in pharma right now are around blood sugar, and there are blood sugar support ingredients and uh, supplements on the market. So there's that. There's also if people are on it and they're eating less, they might need more vitamins because they're not taking them in through food. We've seen that with bariatric support. It's a very small niche, but there's supplements out there. Like if you stop, you're down to a few hundred calories, you better be getting these. So it could maybe lead to some growth of other supplement categories that would act in a complementary way to some of these pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah, I think Prediction, a Rick Polito prediction. (laughs) You heard it here first. An RPP. And that's what what the people we're talking to are saying too. It's sort of things that complement it, things that support it. And also what happens when you come off it, when you get tired of paying $1,300 a month or you're down to maybe near the size you want to be. How do you sort of support some of the benefits without the without the big guns of pharma? Is there also a world where even more research and science goes into the supplement ingredients that have been positioned in this way or new ones? And we'll talk about some of the ones that have the most promise or that you think are the most effective in the, the list coming up. But do you think that it will light a fire under the supplement industry to invest more in research in this category? God, I hope so. I I love it when they do research, but I think that it's definitely going to give a focus. I said that blood sugar, there are ingredients that are already going to 
you know, supplements that sort of supports healthy blood sugar levels. Once people start talking about this, like, oh, blood sugar, that was the answer all along. Once the consumer starts to see that, and maybe maybe that's what those 44% of natural channel shoppers are seeing first. Right. I think they're going to go looking for that. And there'll be some shadiness. They're undoubtedly, they're going to be, call it, we've seen herbal Viagra, which is really just Viagra. So you're going to see herbal Ozempic, which can't be Ozempic because it's an injection and a little more complicated. But still, you're going to see things that are sort of positioning themselves as really direct alternatives. It's kind of a, the gas station lines of supplements. I have a question. Are there weight management supplements, whether it's approaching it through blood sugar or what would you call it? Thermo... Thermogenics. Thermogenic that have clinical studies behind them that are showing that they are effective? Yeah, I think... I think a lot of them do, and I don't have specifics in front of me, and they'll have studies, but if if it were as robust as, you know, this pharma, it would have taken off by now. Look at ephedra was a big deal in 2001, growing by 54%, and then outlawed because there were problems around it, but ephedra worked, and that's why it was growing the way it did and why it was, you know, sort of poised to keep going if all the controversy hadn't happened around it. And you see that, in, like you see in Sports Nation Nutrition with the jacked around 220 2012, 2013, and that was growing big. And then that, you know, became a controversy and went away. So the things that work kind of work. So if there was something so... <laughs> working, we would have heard about it, right? And you, the, some of the things that worked were dangerous. The thermogenic is a speedy effect. It's like up, upping your metabolism, which, you know, cocaine and meth do that too, but you don't see it sold as a dietary supplement. So I think there's there's trouble around thermogenics. It's been done. It's been researched. Some are safer than other. But if they were really effective, you know, no one would be looking at $1,400 a month for Ozempic. And I felt that some of the controversy, while well, there's been a lot of controversy in this space over the years, had, has led consumers to feel drawn to a more holistic approach that may include all of the things that you listed, Adrian. So diet and exercise and some supplementation. And I think the fiber space is really interesting because there's a lot of really great products in that space. So I felt that this this the demand has become a lot more holistic, but maybe Maybe I'm I'm living under a <laughs> rock because it seems like at the end of the day, people want results, especially when it comes to weight loss. Yeah, they want and they can see it. It's not like there's so much in supplements and in health in general, wellness in general. It's like I eat well, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to I'm, you know, I'm going to live longer 20, 20 years from now. I'm not going to be like my parents, whatever it is. Weight, you can go into the bathroom and look at the scale and you know whether it's work. And they want results soon. I mean, I think Absolutely. that's the I mean, if there's thing. a silver silver bullet, we're always going to take it, right? That's the... Yeah, we want the easy thing. Why wouldn't we? If you, if it's healthy, but also there's the access is going to be a real issue for these drugs. And that's where supplements could play near it. But people have to be careful about it. I don't know. The FDA is pretty hard on... The FTC as well is pretty hard on weight loss. They look closely at that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of people in the industry who you know, look askance at it too. I posted this this industry health monitor survey about Ozempic on LinkedIn and said, okay, be honest out there. Who, you know, would you take it? And one of the things somebody said, and no one really confessed or anything, oh yeah. But um, one of the things someone said is maybe we just leave that weight management to pharma because it's a, you know, the implication being this is a little dirty business that we shouldn't be involved in. <laughs> right. And there's a lot of shadiness. I, I've described it as the red light district of the supplement but industry. That also makes me think like, wouldn't it be better to just kind of wait and see what happens? I mean, this is still all very, very new. I kind of feel like it's like LASIK. Give it a couple of years. 
for for the pharma effect to happen or for people to I don't know, just before everybody jumps on the bandwagon, I would have thought people would be a little bit more cautious. I mean, I understand people taking it because of real health reasons that they need it, but I just expected a little more caution than what we're seeing in in the general public. Remember that silver bullet you talked about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by silver bullet, I mean Hollywood celebrities. Yeah, yeah like I said, I mean, that was that was one of the one of the jokes at the Oscars. Like, you know, the host looking around like, ah, I guess I missed my Ozempic looking at everybody else, you know. And it's if you go online, you can see it's kind of shocking. And I really recommend a New Yorker article. It goes in deep. The Atlantic has a good story about it in the last few weeks too. I mean, this is if it starts being covered and everybody, it's, you know, becomes optional and it also sort of changes the conversation around, hey, it's just willpower, be stronger and you'll lose weight when really it's way more difficult for some people than others. Yes. And also all the diet and exercise, like I said, is hard. Not everybody has time or, you know, people in different situations. So I get, it's, it's, there's some game changers coming. They're already here and other ones coming. And this, you know, a pharma isn't a fad in the way that you know, Dr. Oz's Garcinia Cambogia was, they have to put some work into these things before they get them out there. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Rick, I thought that your, your RPP around dietary supplements <laughs> that maybe support people who are on this drug, who are experiencing these major transitions and changes in their body and need other help. Like I thought that was a really interesting prediction. Any other predictions before we jump into the list that you would want to share based on all this research that you've been doing, as well as the understanding of consumer mindset around it? I think mainly that I think it's, I mean, this is changing some of the conversation is going to be around the blood sugar thing, less than the thermogenics and less than the appetite suppressants that say, here's a mech goes towards appetite with the blood sugar, changing these swings. But people are, I think my prediction is people are going to be a little shady, like I said, of herbal ozempic. I think, but I think there are some, some uh, ingredients out there that show promise in this area. I like berberine as a, as a possibility right now, because it's, there's people are claiming this in, in studies, similar of, similar effect to metformin, the big diabetes drug that smooths out your blood sugar levels. And that, that you know, and, there, and there's weight management studies around it. I mean, not drastic like Ozempic, but something. And that could be what goes for those last 10 pounds people, which is a huge part of the market. Right. You I also it? like their trench coats. Whose trench coats? Burberry. <laughs> no. It'll be Burberine, but you know, it's, same deal. And it's that's why I'm here to call her. Yeah. Come to us for the insight. <laughs> All right, Rick. Well, thank you. And we'll talk more about some blood sugar management products and different innovations that we're seeing in just a second. Okay, Rick. So what's the first product on the list? Well, I'm hearing a lot about berberine, which we spoke about a few minutes ago. And it's it's basically an herbal product and it's showing, you know, good results with blood sugar and some studies claiming it's fairly equivalent to metformin, which is this huge drug for diabetes. But they're also making some weight management claims that are related to that blood sugar and a few other effects. And there are also, you know, some evidence around cholesterol. It's sort of like maybe we should all be taking it. It's out there in a lot. It just is a basic ingredient and it's one of the less likely to be adulterated because it's fairly cheap. So that's one of the other things I like about it. But Endurance Products Company has a sustained release of they're calling a dihydroberberine SR. You don't have to take as much and it's sustained across the day and maybe helping to control your appetite and your blood sugar that way. So I, I, I'm hearing a lot about and kind of impressed with berberine right at this point. And you know, here's one with sustained release. Worth a look. And then we're hearing a lot about 
you know, intermittent fasting. And this was really going about 2016 or so. And I remember writing a story and about it, but the supplement industry hadn't caught on. Here we are, you know, six years later and they've caught on to it. And a lot of advertising online from do fasting and they're doing an appetite suppressant. It's kind of funny that you're sort of taking in a something while you're fasting. They're going with, a, you know, fiber heavy glucomin and cellulose, which is sort of expands in your stomach and, you know, gives you some satiety that way. And it's kind of like there's a prescription product. It's not really a drug called Plentity that does the same thing. So it's interesting the way they're advertising for fasting and getting more people into it, whether there are questions about fasting or not. And what's the format for that? Is it a pill? Is it a shake? Is it? I believe it's a shake, but it could be a bar. So you're eating something to keep you from eating. Absolutely. There are a few of them out there and that's where they're going at because I mean, what's the intuitive thing about fasting is I'm going to get hungry. Well, here's something you could eat. But I mean, they're super locale and fiber focused. Oh, America. (laughs) Great. Um, Well, I want to make sure we talk about a meal replacement because I know that that's a big part of this. So um, the one we have today is M-Drive Lean. This is a product that uses branded ingredients, Chromax, Chromium, and Morosil Sicilian Red Orange Extract. And it's really marketed towards helping men lose weight. So it's the weight loss protein. The idea is that it helps with body mass reduction. It has 18 grams of whey protein concentrate. So I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about the Sicilian red orange extract and what's that that's supposed to do, but but this seemed like a pretty compelling product. And I love that they have those two branded ingredients. Well, also, I mean, meal replacement can be kind of a sad looking category. <laughs> and here you put M-Drive on it. And sounds one, sexy. Yeah, it sounds a little more like it's, it's a little more aspirational than, oh, I'm doing without by drinking my Slim Fast. And I think what we've seen actually is there's so much of a blurring of the line between meal replacement and protein drinks that I'm sure a lot of meal replacement has been lost towards protein drinks because protein drinks, you know, sounds more aspirational. It's athletic. It's sporty. Yeah. You're not taking away. You're adding to, right? And all of this stuff is a lot of it's driven by convenience. So you can, you can grab that going out the door and you don't have to sit there and with a skillet or something. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for at all my meal replacements. Yeah. No skillets. Yeah. Okay. And what's the last one you've got for us today? Um, we put on FenQ and FenQ is thermogenic. So it's, you know, upping your metabolism. There's a bunch of ingredients in there. We have chromium and picolinate and, you know, L-carnitine fumarate, which I'm not sure what it is, but probably a muscle. I really thing. loved your pronunciation though. Yeah. And then Capsimax, which is sort of, you know, it's capsin, uh, the spice that's supposed to speed up pepper. some, yeah, pepper spice for your metabolism. But a lot of it's, let's face it, is caffeine in there too. So it's building up your, you know, getting your metabolism going. It's a boost. It's the sort of the speedy effect, but a little softer than ephedra from back in the day or jacked from the early 2010s. All right. Well, there you have it. That's the list for today. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Adrian. This has been fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Want to be on The Natural List? Send us an email at thenaturalist at newhope.com. 